podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. The years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes! Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on when you do. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. And Didier Drogba has it. Drogba in the centre. McCoy just came from the ground and was four wide. Now going back to Magnus. Money at the ball. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Chessie Hour back again. Um, yeah, it feels like it's been a long time since the last one, but yeah, I'm back in the hosting seat. My name is Daniel Soft, and I am joined by almost, you're feeling like regulars now. I know uh, everyone here is new, but I feel like everyone will know who these people are. So first I'm going to start with Discord legend, aka Babs. Babs, what's up? Nothing too crazy, man. How are you guys Nothing. doing? All good, man. And then we've got Timmy Timpson. What are you saying, bro? Sounding clear? All clear here. Thanks for having me oh. on again. You should do like airport, you know, that kind of airport audio shit. Like, you sound mad clear. And Anu, can you do any better than Timpson? Let me hear, let, let's hear the Anu break. I'm back again. Yes. How are we? <laughs> not, not quite as good as Timmy, but we'll, we'll yeah, go, with, we'll go with that. All right. Before we get into it, um, I'm bad at all of these kind of, you know, announcements, but for those that are supporting us on the Patreon, Thank you. Um, we're using it. I know we, we have to be better. We're using that money um, to kind of reinvest. Thank you for your support. For those of you in the Discord, the Chelsea Discord is popping. It feels like it's 24-7. It's going week to week. I swear it's the best. So in the Discord, we've all got our different sections. The Arsenal guys have got their section, United, etc., so on and so on. I'm telling you, the Chelsea Discord, is like that is the popping place. Out of all of the club pods, you have the best Discord, so join in with your fellow Discord members, and we'll be oh, shouting man. them out along the way. Now, uh, yeah, use the hashtag when you're you're listening, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But let's get into the meat and bones of this podcast. So we have had since the last podcast. What did we have? We had a Newcastle game on the weekend. 
yeah. fresh off yeah fresh off international break. Exactly. Then we had then we have the Ren game uh, midweek, and this weekend we've got Spurs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on the Ren game as that just happened on Tuesday. And listen, if you've got any points from the Newcastle game, bring it in. If you've got any points looking forward to the Spurs game, bring it in. The way I'm going to structure this podcast is I'm going to actually start from the attack and go through down to the goalkeeper. And then, yeah, we can talk about the players individually. If you've got any other points, just chime in. Yeah. So, sound good, guys? Sounds good. Sounds good man. Cool. First person I want to talk about, Werner. We had a question and I'm trying to remember his name on the Twitter. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll Google it after or I'll check Twitter after the question. But he tweeted saying, um, are any of you guys worried about Werner in front of goal, despite the fact that he's starting reasonably really well? So just to flesh it out a little bit, we all know he's winning penalties. He's scored some goals. He's getting assists. But we can't get away from the fact that he seems to be missing big chances. Now, I'm going to start with you, Anu, because you was impressed by when he took that penalty. You said that even the way he took that penalty, you felt like, that was like with the anger that he should have been taking the penalties instead of Jorginho. But really and truly, like he's, he's, he's missing some big chances. What are your thoughts on Werner um, and the misses? You know what? My thoughts on Werner, because I'm glad you started with him because he seems to be the talk of everyone's um, lips. Um, yeah. But I'm not worried at all. Um, someone made it quite, someone made an interesting point on in our chessing whatsapp group and he said shot the person who takes the most shots and has the most goal contributions also has the most misses like it's part it comes part of the parcel uh, I'm, I'm glad he's taking the shots he's firing it away there will be chances he's going to miss the, the fact that everyone's on his case the streets are trying to say this guy all he does is run straight and he and he can't score goals is nonsense is nonsense listen Moises knows where he, where he is man Moises knows but it's nonsense because at the end of the day first of all the guy's got 12 con- goal contributions this season okay mm. this is new season new team yeah. the, the team's building second um that's two points the third point he's playing on the he's not even playing up top yeah. he's playing on the left wing yeah. so you have to factor that in as well do you know what I mean? He's had chances. He, he's missed a few chances, but he will, as long as he's taken them, they will come good. Yeah, so and I'm you, just, and I know this time's going to come out. So I'm really not worried one bit. You're not worried. And you said it last time when I asked you, you said you're not worried. You're no. not worried. Babs, I knew might be Mr. Positivity on this one because you can say that, yeah, the more chances you take, the more you score, but we're talking about big chances. We're talking about ones that, don't forget, for me, Last season, Tammy got a lot of heat because he missed big one-on-ones. He got a lot of heat because he had a poor touch. Werner was supposed to be the upgrade. But what we've been seeing is poor touches and big chances missed. Like, Babs, where do you stand on Werner? Um, I'm in a bit of a mixed bag with Werner okay. because um, I feel like when you look at stats such as XG, his goals are balancing out really, really well. Mm-hmm. Even though he's missing those like big chances, there are moments where like he does like a man just like hit Southampton. Those two goals were like goals out of nothing, yeah. you know. Especially the second one. And when you look at the miss against Rennes in the week on um, during the week, it, it was it was it was it was a bad, bad bad miss. Like it was a very very bad miss, and it could have actually cost us the game. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, he's currently doing a good job in front of the goal line. Quick question, Babs. Although, go on. Which miss? You said it was a bad miss. There were two misses. There was the Hudson-Odoi miss 
And Giroud scored the goal, but when Ziyech put him through, Werner hit the goalkeeper. And Ziyech made the point, after everyone was celebrating, he took Werner away from the celebration and he whispered to him, you fucked up my assist. So, <laughs> so, so what assist are you talking, what miss are you talking about? Um, I'm talking about the first one. The first one was definitely a lot worse. The first well, one Why are you talking about Newcastle, where he missed two big chances again? What I'm trying to flesh out is that... bringing in another game. I'm just... Okay, Anu, listen. What did I say at the top of that game? Anu, what did I say at the top? I I explained the structure. We're talking about Ren, but we can bring in shit from the last game and we can look forward to the new game. So this is not me me trying to get out of Werner. I'm just doing what I said I would do. Babs. Babs. I mean, I mean the, the Newcastle ones were the first Newcastle one where he dragged it wide was poor. The second one where he dragged it out was poor, and the one yeah. against Rent, the first one that was poor as well. But yeah. the first one where Darlow made a good save that I mean, it's not it's not terrible. He's getting a shot. He's yeah. still getting yeah. a shot off, and it's still on yeah. target. The one against Rennes, another one is kind of like you know, it's still on target. You know, if 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 he missed, this is gonna be a bit shameless. But if he missed completely, then Drew's gonna get that you know rebound. It's there's too many misses. It's all getting mixed up. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, and yeah. do you know the yeah. worst thing is, Anu was on the Discord live with me, and Anu's being nice about Werner now, but I've got that recording, and I've got exactly what you're saying about him yeah. there. No, in the heat of the moment, I was fuming. Exactly, was fuming because you, you've got score. But when you look at when you look at the whole picture, I think exactly. I'm looking at the whole picture. I'm looking at the whole picture, and I've also got to factor in the assist that he produced he in Newcastle. Let's, talk about, let's Newcastle. not talk about Newcastle. Let's, let's talk about Ren. Let's focus on Ren, yeah? No, 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 no. We're bringing it both games. No, no, no. We're bringing it both games. If you talk about that, then not many people in, in that team can do and provide the assist that he provides. That was, that was on the verge of special. Yeah. So, yes, he missed one, but yes, he provided an unreal assist in the game. But okay. one thing before we pass it on, yeah. there was this um, Mead, shout out to Mead, um, he he put this put this in the group as well. He said, "Look, incred- the incredible goal scorer of Salah, um, 1920-1920 season, mm-hmm. um, had a shot conversion rate of thirteen point nine percent. Timo last season had a shot conversion rate the same season, shot conversion rate of twenty one point three. This season twenty two point five. And this is someone who's supposedly having a a mess." And- Anu came with stats to back his boys. He tried to palm it off like it was me that done the homework, but you had it right at your hands. To I started that. I started that shit. I started that. You came shit. prepared, Timpson. Yeah, Timpson. So Anu's just kind of said that um, Werner, like in the heat of the moment on the Discord, he was slating um, Werner. However, now he's fine with it. But I guess the question is, like with Ren, if we don't win those games then maybe Anu's still angry. Maybe the fact that we won those games makes Anu calm. What, what's your takes on Werner um, Timpson? Well, hindsight is twenty twenty, so it's easy to say, what if they miss? But looking back, obviously, we didn't lose those games. So um, all you can say is we won those games. So it whether it reduces the kind of impact and your opinion on the misses, um, we won those games ultimately. In regards to Werner, um, his open play goal scoring is still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like last season, at well, last season he got like 25 non-penalty goals with mm-hmm. uh, a non-penalty XG of 20. Then last season he had a non-penalty XG of 14 and he got 16 mm-hmm. non-penalty goals. Um, so 
for me at this current season, obviously against Wren, the Hudson Adoy cross, you expect him to score nine times out of ten, not even nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten because it was on a plate. But for now, he's still getting into a rhythm as far as I'm concerned. Those misses are part and parcel of being a striker. As long as he's putting in that work, putting in the running to get in those positions, I have no qualms. Maybe later on down the line, you'll start talking about his clutch gene. Um, is he really, really clutch in those moments? Which is then when you look at the second the second opportunity, was it the occasion that got to him or was it just Timo's finishing as he kind of looks to get a, looks to get a rhythm going in, in the, what is still fairly early into the season? Cool. I feel so unprepared right now. I feel like Timpson's come with the XG stats and he's done his homework. I don't, I don't really have stats like that. But I guess one of the questions asked about Werner in general, and you guys can just jump in, is do you feel like the misses that he's facing is partly down to the fact that he's playing left wing? So in Ren, we talked about his touch as well. Like it, he had a disaster class for me um, against Ren. He wasn't able to control a lot of it. Um, but yeah, so just in general, do you feel like if we look at it, since we've changed to the 4 3 3, we've seen Kante's performances jump in terms of like game in, game out? He's playing amazing. Mount, his performances, he's playing in these, uh, um, what people would say, a more natural position. Maybe at this point, we can say Werner's the only one in the team that is maybe like a square peg in a round, round hole, or whatever people say. Do you feel like a move back to centre forward will help him? And that's open. Anu, Babs, Tim, anyone? Perhaps. Uh, I'm muted, sorry. Um, okay, yes, no, I, I I don't think that'll help because I think the most important thing, he's getting the chances. Mm -hmm. If he wasn't getting the chances, I would say, yes, that would make sense. Okay. But he is actually putting himself in goal-scoring opportunities and at least two, three a game, which is more than enough. And these are chances that he should be taking. So I think the position isn't a problem. And on top of that, the fact that Tammy is also producing... Producing, he's doing what he's doing okay. Um, at, in the in the nine role, then yeah. Lampard, I don't see he's going to take about anytime soon. Okay. And, you, and so I think it's fine. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, looking forward to the Spurs game. Are we saying because Werner did have a stinker, but at the same time, Werner has a stinker and he misses chances, but he seems to put the ball in the net. Now, yes, it was offside, but he did manage to score again. And so, like, looking forward to Spurs. Is everyone still like, yeah, let's play Werner and let's play him on the left? Because Discord again, if you haven't joined Discord, join Discord. After every single game, we get our Discord members to do Discord rankings. And actually, for someone that scored so many goals and someone's come in and, you know, he scored goals, scored pens, um, make, uh, made penalties with assists, whatever, um, he is actually kind of ranking quite low just in terms of performance levels. So, yeah, with all that being said, are you guys happy to see Werner start against Spurs? Um, yeah, of course, because I feel like to drop him after that would just be a, a big confidence, like not, you know, mm -hmm. it will kind of it will kind of like send out a message that we've seen what you've been doing, and even though we we know it's not good, like yeah, I feel like we should be we should still be starting him because I think against Spurs mm -hmm. and their centre backs currently they're not very fast, and yeah. if we play him down the middle. I feel like he's going to eat a lot off that off those centre backs, even though Spurs do sit um, deep. But yeah, saying, I would definitely start him. You're saying playing down the middle, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing down the middle. Yeah, okay. playing down the middle. Timpson, would you play him? Would you play him down the middle? Would you play him wide? It's hard for me 
Um, I probably wouldn't say play him down the middle okay. because the problems that he had when he played centre-forward in terms of when we do go long and when we kind of look to build rhythm after opposition pressure, um, that focal point to hit, when Tammy is there, it kind of gets everybody else playing their game. Yeah. And Timo's not a pure striker. He's not a pure wide man. Yeah. He's in between the two. And he's been getting the chances and he's been getting the goals from wide left. Yeah. And we've been looking very potent with Tammy in the, as a pure goal scoring threat uh, as the centre forward. So I'd keep it as is at the moment with the uh, Ziek, Tammy and Werner combination. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. And that's a nice way to wrap it up. Again, just to remind you guys, because I got accused last time around. So just to remind you guys of the structure, we are going to be focusing on the Ren game, but we're going to be looking forward to Spurs and we're going to be looking back to Newcastle. So the next person I want to talk about is Callum Hudson-Odoi. Now, Hudson-Odoi got a start. I feel like he's actually been dying for minutes. He's been That brother's been starving for minutes, but he finally got a start against Ren. Um, when the lineup came out, the big discussion point was, okay, he's playing, but he's playing on the right. Some people were disappointed. I don't want to say too many names. Other people were like, it doesn't matter. He'll do bits on the right. One of those people said that said it doesn't matter is Babs. So Babs, why were you so yes, confident? Why were you so confident that um he'd do well on the right? And do you want to out the person that wasn't happy with him starting on the on the right? Um, I will I will out the out the person that wasn't happy, but I'll be happy to you know take um all the praise for you okay. know putting my full backing in him starting from the right. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me personally, I, I knew the moment he started that he was going to create a chance because he has two he has two players in the box to make a chance for whether it be the back post cross or the near post cross towards the target, man. And he showed it with, with like the first, was it 10 minutes yeah. where Werner missed a chance? And like literally from there, after that, he literally had like another moment where he had like a nice little interchange of Aspie. Yeah. He got behind his fullback and he put another good cross in. And yeah, I mean, for me personally, I feel like if we're going to play two strikers up top, we need to have a ZH type player. And the only other ZH type player we have is a Kana Hazanodoi who actually knows how to beat his man. Okay. And the benefit of playing a Cho over, over a ZH for me personally is the fact that he's a lot um, quicker. So he's going to be able to beat his man a lot more easily. Not saying that he's better, but... Okay, that was I my next like question. He, you anticipate better, But yeah, he does benefit from the fact that he's a lot more athletic. So he's able to beat a man, not just off the right foot, but off the left PMP. foot. And I wouldn't call it PMP, you know. I, I, I could, it's, there's a lot more finesse to his, you know. There's a lot more finesse. It's not forced. It's not forced, as we, as we discussed before. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I was I was really happy with that performance. You know, he was tracking back his man. He was dropping deep when um, Aspi went forward. It was really surprising because you'd expect it to be the other way around. And yeah. yeah, it was just a very mature performance all around. Like he he didn't like he didn't close through the game. He, even when like the ball didn't come towards him, you can mm -hmm. see he was still getting to positions where he wouldn't allow the winger to get over him to that overload Aspi. And it was really really good to see on the day. Yeah. Um, Anu, what's your thoughts? Of, okay, so. We've just talked about uh, Hudson, the creator. We haven't even talked about Hudson, the finisher. Now, Mount put him, we'll get on to Mount later, I promise you, there's going to be a whole section. But Mount put him through, one-on-one, -on -one, but he was a long way away from goal when it came to him. Now, be honest, and I'll come back to you, Babs, as well later, but Anu, when you saw him through one-on-one, -on -one, did you have the faith, did you have the confidence that he was going to net? I'll be lying. Uh, I'll be lying if I said 
this is a cert goal. Yeah. I, I didn't think it was say like yeah. I was like, what firstly he controlled. I knew he would bring that ball down where I knew I knew he would get to the um pull off the strike, but I wasn't so confident. The only reason saying that is because he's had a few yeah, he's had a few Iggy moments um on the left side when he has scored, but the strike doesn't seem so clean. Yeah. And I think it's been recognized quite a lot. So I think for that reason I was a I was a bit worried and but I was so happy when he scored and um I thought the link up was unreal and I thought he deserved he deserved the goal. He played really well all game. Yeah. That, yeah, that those type of chances, forget just Hudson and Doyle. We've seen it with Tammy, we've seen it with Mount. I remember Mount kind of went through against Bayern. When you're so far away on goal and it's one on one, there's a lot of pressure as you get closer, it builds. And so for Back. anyone, for I was just like for anyone, that's like difficult. And yeah, he put it away. And obviously, like we said before, we've seen him. He hasn't had the best of finishes all the time, but we've seen some good finishes too. Timpson, what about you? Come, the ball comes to Hudson Doyle, one on one. This is obviously you, you've watched him from you. You probably know him more than most. You you're backing him. You're always in the Cho camp. No one can ever doubt you and, and Cho. But did you doubt Cho at that moment? As soon as as he was ahead of the defender, no chance. The way his first touch, as soon as his first touch didn't betray him, I knew that was it. Second touch to set himself, and then the finish. He just had in his swagger. And as in his, drib- his dribbling technique, um, he just had the swagger that you come to expect from him at academy and um, first team level when he's at his best. So no chance I was thinking there was any kind of risk of him missing that. Yeah, I mean, like what you're saying is correct. There's sometimes I can see Hudson when he's playing and it just feels like he's got all the swagger and all the confidence in the world. And he started the game that way, which is why it was important for me to for him to bury that because that could have kind of played on his mind. But like we said, we've got Hudson, the finisher. We've got Hudson, the creator. What Lampard said before this game is that this is a big chance. He always says this about Hudson Doyle. He keeps on saying this is his chance. He has to take it. And, and I think it's unfair. I think that's a bit unfair. Yeah, let's so, talk about that. Yeah, go on. Speak you know to me. I mean? It's just, just, I think it's always been quite harsh when, when that is. Um, that that ultimate pressure is put on. You're not yeah. playing. You're not you're not picking him. Yeah, yeah, when he comes on for those, you're giving him drip drap minutes. Yeah. When he comes yeah. on for those 20, 15 minutes, then it has to be his chance. So it's always quite difficult. And then when you when you let someone start and they're not really at max speed, again, it just amplifies how difficult it is. But I also to make the point that it's clear that Tammy, I mean, uh, sorry, clear that Cho has not been 100% fit at the from the beginning of the season. Um, Do you have any input on that? Uh, yeah. Listen, there's some sources that say that he's been that he's been doing some extracurriculum at physio outside of oh, Johnson. Okay. So he hasn't been fit, and I don't think that's been documented. So I, that makes it even more impressive what he's been doing. He's been scoring, he's been he's been playing, and he hasn't been 100 percent there. So I think if we're seeing him nearly 100 percent there, which which we are, it looks like, and mm. Then there's trouble. There's serious trouble. Cool. Timson, I'm excited for what's to come. Timson, before you come in, like I was saying, Lampard usually says before the match, he has to take it. And a couple of times this season, he said that. And Hudson Adoy has always taken it. I, I think most games where Hudson Adoy has played more than the cameo, he's either scored or assisted. But so after the game, Lampard was asked about it and he said, 
yeah, um, I know that Hudson wants more minutes, but it's not cut and dry. He's still developing. He's just come back from a long-term injury. So it seems like before the game, he, Lampard's happy to pull the pressure that Lampard, that Hudson Odoi has to take um, this chance. But then when Hudson Odoi does take it, what does it even mean, Timson? Very good question indeed. I was really happy to hear that he acknowledged the under-21 games where Callum absolutely tore it up. And he explained it's not, as much as I say it's about him taking his chances, sometimes he's got a lot of good competition with Timo, Pulisic, um, and obviously unofficially, indirectly, Tammy Abraham as the striker, um, as competition. So it's not as cut and dry. So it's good to know. But at the same time, um, that's two goals in two Champions League in, in two Champions League starts. So um, he's Callum can't do much else more um, to state his case. So I will be very disappointed if uh, Christian Pulisic just comes in ahead of him like he did uh, before his last injury layoff. Yo, so you, you just messed up my new... That was the, the next on the bucket, to be fair. That's a nice transition. So... Look, Pulisic has been injured, and even with Pulisic's injury, Hudson-Odoi struggled to get starts. Now, as Lampard kind of referred to, even when Hudson takes his chances, it means nothing. We just saw Werner really have a poor game, whereas Hudson-Odoi scored. Um, he set, you know, um, Werner up for a big chance. You know, had a good game overall. Good game defensively too, so you can't really use that against Hudson too. But like I said before, what does it really mean? So in terms of Pulisic coming back, what do you think the right thing to do is? Because it's not easy for Lampard. Let's be honest. It's not easy. Like I always say that the optimum wingers to have or wide options. So like Werner's not a winger, but he's a wide option at this point. The optimal wide option to have is free for me. And then maybe some other people that can deputise it. Now we can see that Werner is starting regularly as a wide option. So he's clearly a wide option. Ziyech is clearly a wide option. Pulisic will be a wide option. Pulisic, if he continues to be injury prone, it might work out. But does anyone have an idea? Because at this point, it's looking tough on Hudson where he's coming in and he's doing his job. But at the same time, it feels like he's not going to get, um, it's not going to help. It's not going to change anything. He's still going to be like the last run. Um, Babs, what's your thoughts on it? I think is if we're to use the past um, experience that we've seen, it is, it is very, very worrying. But, I mean, if you look at the current, like, fixture schedule coming up into December, mm-hmm. we've got, we've got what, seven games in December alone? Mm. And I feel like there's, there's surely going to be a couple starts there for both of them. Yeah. You know? And if um, Cho does, you know, get a couple consecutive starts and he does pick up form, we may see him become a bit more integrated into the team and, I don't think it's something to worry about due to his age. And also, also we don't know what's going, going on in the background. You know, there's there's been yeah. many stories. You know, there's been many rumours. There's been this, this, that, this, that. And up. For all we know, it could be Lampard just protecting him from the media. And what? I mean, as as um, as um out there as it probably sounds, me saying that, I feel like we just need to just wait a bit, see what, see how it goes going into the January. And if by January like, he's not getting the starts, then it's obviously going to have to be him pushing for a loan to get more consecutive minutes. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, yeah, cool. So let's move on. Just to kind of wrap that up, again, hudson Odoi in Europe has had eight starts. That's not just Champions League, that's Europa 2. Europa League as well, yeah. Eight starts, six goals, two assists. 
In fact, I he's did. Okay, my bad. I even took some of his produce off. That's weird. So I'm glad that I've got other people on the podcast. But here's the thing. I have done um, some Hudson Adoy analysis recently. And even in the prem- in the top five leagues in Europe, in, just in terms of chance creation, he is up there. And he was up there last season as well. And obviously, like, we're seeing a lot of his kind of goal prowess too. So this is a big talent. This is someone that creates a lot and that has the potential to score a lot. Yeah, so, yeah, hopefully we see more of him. But you guys are saying... No one wants to start from Spurs, right? Does anyone want him to start at Spurs? I I personally would look to start him. Oh, I thought so. Because that's why you want Werner up front. Because you want Hudson. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because I feel like against Spurs, the, what Lampard would have wanted to do was, would be to start Pulisic in an ideal world. And that would mean starting Tammy up top. But if Pulisic, I don't want to rush Pulisic back again because I just don't want to put too much wear and tear on his body. And I want to have it so that he's able to actually come back in and have like the congested December yeah. period. Could, that's when we're going to need him. You know, yeah. that's when we're going to need the numbers. So, yeah. on Sunday, as big as the game as it is, if 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 you really do rate Cho, you know, if you really do rate him, if I, mean, I don't see why you can't start him. Okay. And that's exactly if, and that's the that's the big big key word there. If. That's the question. That's the question. When I spit bars in a man, I go hard last and ten. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.com. AG. That's blue wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So you talked about Tammy, and let's come on to Tammy because he's the third part of the attack that started against Wren. Um, he didn't score or assist against Wren, did he? No. He didn't. And that's unusual for Tammy this season. When Tammy started, he's either got a goal or assist. Now, it depends if you count winning the penalty as assist because the Palace game, he didn't actually give a proper assist, but he won one of the penalties. So Tammy's been quietly bubbling. It's been quietly bubbling as, as um, Anu has been saying, like, yeah, keep Werner on the left because Tammy's doing his job on what up front. Now, I want to ask you guys about Tammy's performances because yes, he's been scoring. Yes, he's been assisting. Are you impressed by his overall performance? We'll come to you, Anu. Well, in the, in the Newcastle game, Mm-hmm. I actually didn't think he was that great. I thought he was, um, I thought he was pretty quiet. Um, I didn't think his hold up ball, was, hold up play was that great, which is what he's 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 also in there for. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's always been needing to improve on that. But he got he finished. He got a good goal, so it kind of balanced it all out. So it yeah. kind of was an okay game. Obviously, some I heard some people saying. Listen, he was there. Some people said, I think he got mad at the match. Am I mad? <laughs> yeah, someone said that. Yeah. I think he, he actually got that. He got yeah, mad. He also got mad at the yeah. match. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Obviously, it was it was a completely mixed reviews there. But against Ren midweek, I actually thought his hard play was really good. Okay. And I thought he improved massively. I thought for the, for a lot of periods we didn't have the ball and they, and when he did get it he was really um, making a difference and there was just no really random support for him okay. he should have won a pen 
um, that yeah. the ref didn't win for some bizarre reason. Uh, I thought he actually had a good game, but the stats didn't really show it. Um, mm. I think he's doing all right. I think I don't think he deserves to be dropped for the next game. I can't see why that would happen. I don't think Lampard's going to do it anyway. Basically, so. you think that Babs's point is shit and he shouldn't be dropped. Tipson. <laughs> Tipson. Um, performances. We know he's scoring. We know he's scoring. We know he's assisting. Even like Anu said, the Rens game, he didn't get assists, but again, really and truly, he should have got a penalty. Overall performances. Talk to me about Tammy in terms of performances, not the goals. Overall performances, Tammy's playing really, really well. Yeah. He's knitting together the attack. I know Ziet came in and everything started to click, but a lot of that is Tammy as well being a facilitator. If you want to look at the Burnley goal where he sometimes just uh, wins knock-ons, he holds up the ball, and sometimes he does what Giroud's great at as just being a wall, yeah. uh, primarily in potentially um, Ziet's goal against Burnley. Um, his movement's good. He makes space for Timo and he also facilitates Timo when he wants to be a centre-forward because Tammy from the academy days, obviously um, sharing that centre-forward position with Dominic Solanke has been on the left. So he can do that. And sometimes when Timo's feeling lazy, like, let me just be that centre-forward for the minute. Yeah, cool. You do that. I'll cover the left-hand side. Great Great point. Great point. What I'd like to just to add to it before we get on to Babs, because Babs is the, the scandalous one that wants to drop him. So we'll get on to, to that. But also, Ren scored um, after Tammy came off, if I'm correct. Um, yeah. And I think Tammy, for me, Tammy's been doing a lot of good work on defensive set pieces. Now, Ren are a big team. They look like a lot of me's out there. If you guys don't know, I'm six foot three. Um, yeah, like the goalkeeper looked big. They, the striker, Guirassi, he looked big. So like he was kind of like land of the Giants and we needed our own Giants there. And we've got Zuma that's got hang time, but Tammy defensively, I think, has been doing a lot of great work. And I think maybe we missed, in terms of them scoring that goal, I know it was kind of mounting anyway, but I think we missed, we missed Tammy there. But coming on to Babs, Babs, you've heard from Timpson um, and he articulated very well um, how, what Tammy's brought to the team. Do you feel like it's a danger um, if we drop him against Spurs that, you know, it might not work out? Because right now we've got a winning formula. Would you, is it smart to mess with that formula? Mm, I don't think it's dangerous at all. Okay. Because I don't think, as good as the formula has been, I don't think it's really been tested yet at the top level. And there's obviously, with uh, being so early on the scene, there's always time to actually um, test out new things. And even, even as risky as that sounds, I feel like having two natural wingers on the field against Spurs, because I don't really think their right-hand side in terms of the, defensively with Aurier and um, Doherty is exactly um, strong. And I feel like mm-hmm. that is an area to be to be got on that, because I feel like if we look at the right-hand side from Regulon, um, he just had an amazing game against against Mahrez. And I feel like him against Ziyech could be a very, very interesting battle. And we may see one, we may see one of them not being... We may not see ZH getting the top out, out, getting out of the top of that, you know. And if we only have one winger getting at the fullback, then that kind of like limits our creative force. Okay. One one point though, Babs, do you remember when we played Seville earlier this season? It was a nil nil for the first time in the game, and Werner was up top, and then he just was so isolated. Yeah, you guys yeah. And yeah. You know, you, the the problem I think that might happen, especially in a, a big game against Tottenham, is that if we play. Werner up top, 
it could be another case of that. And because yeah. Sabella was a solid team, it could be a case of he's isolated and he's looking because he's always going to look for those ones in behind. Do you get me? And they and I don't feel sometimes that we as a team, especially Jorginho's not even going to be on, will be hitting those balls. Maybe ZX will, mm. but it's a lot more of a, I feel it's a lot more of a harder game plan. Yeah. Um, as opposed to whereas Tammy's going to come towards the ball, he's going to collect it. They can play small, shorter passes and then move from there. I think maybe, I think if we did play well, it would be, um, it might not work in our favour for that reason. Uh, so it's a disappointment. Was it, was it, was it the Southampton, was it Southampton or Sheffield United, the one where he scored um, the two goals? Did he play up front? Southampton. It was Southampton, yeah. Did he, did he play up front alone there? Yeah. Okay, cool. Timpson. So I want to quickly touch on two things. Uh, one being Tammy um, and Werner. Okay. I think the what Crystal Palace have done, um, just to use Crystal Palace as an example, to get the best out of um, Zaha um, as a striker, they're using him as a striker per se, um, but he still kind of hangs out on that wide left. Yeah. The, whether it's a Jordan A or a Mitzi Batsuai, they pin back the two centre-backs mm-hmm. and... For a team that want to be tight, to be to pin back both centre backs and allow your left winger to have that space, whether it's Timo or um, Wilfred Zaha, if it's Palace, um, yeah. to pay dividends in what I believe will be a very very hard to break down and tight affair, um, yeah. the London derby. Then, in regards to um, Regulon and how he took out Mares, Mares has been for the most part potentially particularly this season and that game, he's been playing as an inverted forward where he just wants to cut inside and shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, if so, it's been easier to kind of anticipate what Mares wants to do if you're Regulon. But Ziyech is has such X factor and he's not going to just drive into the box, cut inside and get a shot off. That's what he wants to do. Sometimes he'll just be like, you want to hang off me? Fine, I'll just pick a pass to the back post or I'll find, uh, I'll put it I'll put it on Tammy's head. Um, and I feel like the different options at ZX disposal will cause more problems for Regulon than potentially Mares did. Interesting, interesting. You both stated your case. Listeners, you've listened. You make up your own mind. Ultimately, it's going to have to be Lampard to decide. We'll see how it goes, um, what he picks and we'll see how it goes. Moving on to the next one. We're going to have to talk about Mount. Now, I know that a lot of people don't even want to have discussions about Mount because Mount, Mount gets discussed all the time. But when it comes down to it, he's a key player. Under Lampard, he's almost like the first name on the, the team sheet, regardless of whether he's playing well, whether he's not play, um, playing well. You know, with Jorginho is another one of those players that, you know, especially last season was discussed ad nauseum. So it was Kante, like who should be playing in the pivot. It's Mount this time around. Now, Lamp... Lampard in the press conference was asked about Mount lost a couple of things. And the first thing I want to kind of talk about is that he, he referenced that maybe Mount doesn't get the love because he doesn't do flicks. He's not flicks and tricks FC. Now, um, first of all, I want to say on behalf of Touchline in general, just RIP to the goat that is Diego Maradona. Now, he was the CEO of Flicks and Tricks FC. So my question to you is, um, what do you think about Lampard's comments about flicks and tricks? I know that in a past video he mentioned with Pogba, he doesn't like flicks and tri- tricks in um, our own half. But in that in that press conference, actually, what he just said was like, in general, maybe he doesn't get the love that he um, that he should get because he doesn't do stepovers and flicks and tricks. 
And I feel like Lampard has kind of expressed that he's not, you know, besotted with it. Now, obviously, he bought Ziyech and Ziyech does flicks and tricks. So it's not like he completely hates it. But, uh, yeah, how did you receive that comment from Lampard? We'll start with you, Anu. Like, I get what he means. Because at the end of the day, you're not going to... It's probably the kind of thing you ain't going to see a lot of mount possibly on the highlight reels on the match of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, because he probably, but he because he does a lot of the dirty work and mm-hmm. things that don't get noticed so much. I won't produce highlight reels, so I understand his point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like if you are a true football fan, you, you watch the games, or even as a Chelsea fan, once you once you see the the qualities of what Mount's doing when he's playing in his best position, being the eight from mm-hmm. the defensively bringing the ball up and his long balls and how hard he works you'll see that he does get the credit he deserves I feel mm-hmm. um I the one criticism I'd have Lampard on that is that I do fully get slightly too involved with with that with that chat across mm-hmm. the, the back and forth with, with what the streets are saying yeah. and those things and so he's, he's dropped a few things about him being my son and that stuff yeah, and it's just we'll like, get we'll, we'll get onto that but I okay, kind of was... so I'm, I'm jumping the gun but yeah it's uh, but that, he's obviously he's referring to that as well with the flicks and it's just like yeah I think he should be he should, he should be yeah, getting involved with that one but bit what it does is it kind of kind of like peels back and kind of lets us know into a little bit of Lampard's psyche and what Lampard rates and like you said if you if you're a football fan in general obviously with the person of Maradona, we know that, yeah, you can be, I know a lot today, a lot, there's a lot of criticism saying that football's becoming robotic and there's no flair and there's less imagination. And so in that way, he kind of almost belittled flicks and tricks. And I, I, like, we'll get onto Mount later because there's a lot to cover with Mount, but just in terms of the flicks and tricks comment, did you feel like for me, because I love the flicks and tricks and I, I don't feel like just because you do flicks and tricks, it doesn't mean you can't be effective. So if we go back to the Ren game, the cross that Hudson Odoi did for Werner, that Werner should have um, uh, converted, the build up with Aspi, there was a nice yeah. flick from Hudson that created yeah. the space. So, like, the way that people kind of, for me, the way that people kind of demonize flicks and tricks, like they're not effective, they can be effective. So, like, I guess that's kind of what I'm asking you, Babs. Do you have any takes on it? Yeah. Mm, I feel like it was just Lampard being very tongue in cheek and just Justin Tell just protecting Mount. And I don't think there was really much to take away from it because he knows that there's a, a lot of our players do 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 flicks and tricks. Like you have Kovacic, you have Kai, you have Ziyech, you even have Reese doing them sometimes. I don't, I don't think he's really that that much of a topic to look into. Even a Pulisic, like, mm. yeah, I feel like we're not really a team that are, that are robotic in movement. So okay. I feel like it's just kind of like Lampard saying, like, look, this is what Mount's good at. And this is why I don't feel like he's being praised for it because he doesn't do what other people look on to, if you get what I mean. It also is so contradictory. It makes no sense as well because in Lampard's team, he played with Hazard, who famously is up there with one of the best for doing it. Exactly. And the best players. So, yeah, I think you're right, perhaps. It's pure tongue in cheek because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I guess it was a little bit of prodding the fan base. Um, Tipton? Yeah, it's a bit of a weird one for me because. Yeah, he doesn't do stepovers, but um, I feel like we're in a we're in an, a time where you don't have to do stepovers to stand out. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne doesn't do stepovers, but you can tell. And I think 
similar Mason does the same thing when he's in his absolute bag, when he dribbles, the way he strokes a pass, the way he just fires a, cro- a cross field pass. Like you can, ju- he does it with a certain swagger that yep. just lets you know he is in his bag. So Mason does do that. He does do eye catching things, but it's not the classic step over um, Elastico or whatever, but he still plays with a swagger about him to let you know I'm that guy. And his pass to Callum was one of one such pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. And I guess if he's playing with a swagger, then almost belittling swagger just to try to lift Mason Mount up, which I, I feel like he kind of did. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I can speak for myself. I don't like it just because I know that I feel like in the game, there can be managers telling people to cut out um, tricks and tricks. But I do feel like, like I said, with the hudson Doy thing, um, it can be effective. And, and talking about Mount specifically, because Mount was close to Werner and the ball was coming out, you know, from the right to the left, like seeing the way that Mount would, con- would control it as compared to the way that Werner would control it, Mount has technique. Mount has grace. The way that Mount would take the ball out of the air was much better than Werner. Do you know what I'm saying? So like, I do feel like you can watch Mount and see grace, technique, see a little bit of the beautiful game. But moving on to the next bit, so, yeah, Lampard just didn't hit out on flicks and tricks. Lampard was not all-out um, F64. So, like, he hit out again um, saying that, what did he say? I think the direct quote was something like, um, what Matt, I think he was saying, basically, proper Chelsea supporters don't get on Mount's back. If you're proper Chelsea, you won't do that. What matters is his teammates or whatever. So this whole proper Chelsea thing, that's kind of caused the debate, definitely in the Discord. Again, go to the Discord. Um, is there anybody here that saw that comment and kind of read deeper than just him defending Mount? No? No, I just took it for face value. Okay, cool. So what else? Do you know, I'll quote Olu from the Discord because he made me laugh what he said. This is what Olu from the Discord said. He said, um, shit, one second, I'll speak to him. He said, a man really said proper Chelsea supporters. What a Tory statement to say by Lampard. <laughs> He said, yeah, I knew, I knew that was where you're trying to push it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is what he said. And he said, like, who are proper Chelsea supporters? And yeah. then he goes on to say, do you know what? This is the funny thing. He goes on to say, the sooner he goes, the better. <laughs> He's tired, tired of deep remarks. But anyway, the, re- the reason why, before you go, Andrew, the reason why he says this is because proper Chelsea, look, I know a lot of people, like, there is a civil war. It feels like we can be winning. We've won, like, you know, we ha- we've only lost one game this season. That was against Liverpool. So we've had good form. Um, but it still feels like like the timeline is a war, but war zone. It feels like there is this kind of divide between, um, I guess maybe proper Chelsea fans and and, and the, the rest, or or maybe online Chelsea fans and people that go to the stadiums, or maybe international, whatever. But proper Chelsea fan, that proper Chelsea thing, that kind of kind of that started way before the internet. So it's not even an internet thing. This proper Chelsea thing has been one of those things that could be seen as rhetoric and like veiled comments and. Like there was this video where um, someone was asked if you had to keep, it was obviously silly because you don't really and truly get to keep both of them. But someone was asked, a Chelsea fan, I think it was outside Stamford Bridge, which one would you keep if you had to get rid of them out of Tammy and Mount? And the Chelsea fan said, got to keep Mount because he's proper Chelsea. So his rationale for Mount over Tammy was that he's proper Chelsea. Now, as a lot of people kind of got onto, actually, you know, Mount came from Portsmouth. 
or whatever place in the South Coast. Like, it, but both of them played for the club since they was young. And it was yeah. weird for him, his justification was proper choice. But like I'm saying, mm-hmm. proper choice is almost like a loaded statement. So another thing before I kind of open up to you, Anu, is that Mount isn't the only player that has had this kind of like section of the fans getting onto him. He does have a section of the fans getting onto him. Maybe that's because Lampard's been playing out of position and his performances haven't been great. But we've seen Jorginho have, you know, the fa- an element of the fan base get onto him. We've seen it with Kepa, we've seen it, et cetera, et cetera. This is the first time where he said proper Chelsea fans aren't going to do that. And, and would he say, oh, proper Chelsea fans won't get out of Jorginho? Because really and truly, the people that we know as proper Chelsea fans were the people getting at Jorginho. So with all of that, all of that I've just unloaded, Anu, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you said a lot there. Like, I have said a lot. Uh, but... The bit I was going to come in before is the reason why I think that the argument's so stupid mm-hmm. and why it will, there will never be closure to it mm-hmm. is because the definition of proper Chelsea fan. Obviously, the the problem is the example you gave, you've now kind of pushed what I was going to kind of ask for. Mm-hmm. But the, the reason why I'm saying this is because everyone will have a different interpretation of what they define as a proper Chelsea fan. Mm-hmm. So some will, some will define it as some... as fans who just watch the game full 90 minutes on TV. Do you know what I mean? Some will define it as the ones who are at the game. Mm. Some will define it as maybe the one who actually contribute to uh, like fan discussions and podcasts and that. So how can you have a debate with someone when the definition of of what you're discussing is varied across... (laughs) But don't you think that's why it's so divisive to say proper Chelsea fans or no, hundred percent. That's that's what I'm saying. That's why the, the argument I'm saying the argument's so flawed and it will never go anywhere because of the, because the definition of it's so varied. But then when you focused on that specific um, mm-hmm. fan who said that, well, that's obviously it's it's clear the agenda he's trying okay. to set there, which is yeah. which is just sad and it makes no sense. And I don't think that should be. Right. Any um... and I guess, yeah, and, and sorry for cutting you off, but I guess no, the, no, reason, the reason why it's, the reason why I brought this up as a topic and tips, and I'll come to you in a second, is because proper Chelsea fan to an element of the fan base can be different to the way that Lampard made it. Now Lampard can say a proper Chelsea fan won't boo or won't target a player like this. However, we've seen Kepa been targeted, we've seen Jorginho been targeted, we've seen. Previously, Bakayoko been targeted and all of these type, type, type players. Obviously, Lampard wasn't there when Bakayoko was here. But it's just like, OK, cool. A lot of people, and it wasn't just Olu, I saw other people on Twitter kind of asking the question, OK, do I fall under the category of a proper Chelsea fan? And that debate kind of spawned up. Timpson? Yeah. Um, you touched on what I wanted to touch on in the sense that Lampard's normally very good at choosing his words, but proper Chelsea fan is, um, as the fan base is well aware of, a very loaded term at the moment. I would like to hope that, um, do you remember when Jack Grealish came to Lamp, um, to Mason Mount's defence and said, if you know ball, you know Mace is a player or something to that ex- yeah. to that degree. Um, I feel like Frank was saying, was trying to say the same thing um, in the sense that proper, proper Chelsea fans um, like wouldn't do that to Mace in the sense that proper Chelsea fans who get behind their club, they're respectful, they voice their opinions in respectable um, and healthy ways, um, as opposed to what some what it's been quite toxically referred to on the timeline, um, proper Chelsea, which um, sometimes it has these con- certain connotations that are quite negative as well. Um, 
so as like um a man of color as well mm-hmm. i might not be classed as proper chelsea because yeah. um and sometimes it's hard being a chelsea fan because yeah. um these people who consider themselves proper chelsea have um made made people question me as a man of color why am i a chelsea fan so to use that term um it's quite divisive but i would like to hope that lampard meant it in the sense that um it was uh not a match going supporter, not anyone of a certain creed or belief, just someone who um, helped, who respectfully supports their team and gets behind their club and voices their opinions, whether positive or negative, in a healthy manner. And yeah. I think he did. I'll be honest. I think he did. Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 not for one minute, have thought he meant it. Yeah. Derogatory manner at all. I guess. I guess even regardless of how he meant it, there is a question about would he say the same for Jorginho? And not that's not necessarily reflect badly on Lampard, but it's just like he knows the proper Chelsea fans, as we know them, were getting onto Jorginho, so he couldn't really say that proper Chelsea fans wouldn't get on Jorginho. But anyway, let's move past that. And the final bit I kind of want to ask on this thing. In fact, there's two more bits. But does like a lot of people say um, because. That was a comment defending Mount to criticism. Now, a lot of people say with his earlier season form, since we've played in the 4-3-3, like everybody said, he's had good form. But he kind of said, okay, cool, proper Chelsea fans going to get on him. But a lot of people say that we should point to the manager rather than look at Mount when he was playing badly. So don't you feel like, does Lampard need to take some of the blame for this criticism? Because he's kind of got out the fans that were getting him. But do you feel like Lampard needs to take some of the blame for Mount's criticism? Mm, yeah, I guess to an extent, because at the end of the day, he's the one who's putting up the lineups in certain um, conditions, whether it be him being overplayed or him being played out of position. So at the end of the day, it all does come back to the manager. And to an extent, you have to also say that um, if you look at it in a way of just like having playing opportunities, it's also down to the player. I mean, if you've got if you've got opportunity to play for the, for the for Chelsea, you know, you know, you know how big we are. You know what it means coming from the academy. You have to go out there every single day and put your heart on the pitch. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that we've seen recently from Mount. And like, I, I mean, not even just recently, but I mean, from the last couple of seasons. I mean, he's always been a player that's going to put it out on the pitch. It may not be him, you know, giving us 10, 10 out of 10s every day, but we know with a player, of like, with a player like Mount, what he's going to do is he's always going to keep trying. Yeah. You know, as as Yerdar as that sounds. And I think that is that is also important, you know, to have yeah. that aspect of the game. Definitely, but yeah. Going back to what you said, yeah, I think you definitely have to look mainly on the manager because, yeah, they are who make the team cheap at the end of the day. Exactly. And I think since the change, he's been playing great. Now, um, I do Discord ratings again, join the Discord, get involved. And um, since Mount has come into the 4-3-3, I checked today, he's had two, particularly two good games, two great games. The, the, the first one that I'm sure everyone will know is Barnsley and then against Wren. Again. Early, do you mean? Say again, sorry, Burnley, my Jimmy bad. Burnley. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Um, all the same shit. But um, against Wren as well, um, he got man of the match in terms of Discord anyway. So let's talk about the Wren game. Um, again, like, obviously Kamavinga was playing. Um, it's going to be a midfield battle. Everybody's looking at, okay, this kid that's supposed to be one the kid. I know he's just 18, Kamavinga, so I'm not getting onto him. But um, talk to me about Mount's performances um, against Wren. Uh, and we'll go with you, Timson. Yeah. Um, sorry, just say that again, please. Yeah, Mount's performance against Wren. So, like, I could just kind of remind you just in case you forgot. So, obviously, he got the, we all know he got the great assist um, for uh, Hudson's goal. 
But apart from just the assist, winning the ball, that kind of tenacity. So you can kind of see like the full kind of spectrum of Mount being a hard worker, winning it back, but then also having the calm and the composure and the quality to deliver a great ball. But then also uh, he almost scored as well. It was, it was apart from a goalkeeper. I think the goalkeeper made a great reaction save. But yeah, just in general, um, why do you think he had such a? Because he was the man of the match on the on the um, match rating. So why do you think he had such a great response from the Discord and in general, for Red? Um, at the moment, he's riding in a wave. But to look at the game specifically, um, it's just as you say. He's a three sixty midfielder. Um, he gives as much going forward in the offensive end as he does in the defensive end. Um, he's tenacious and he did not look like he never, he always wanted the ball and he always looks lively. So I was really, he was really positive and against um, a so-called generational talent in the making. Um, he showed him up and not because he had more talent on the night. He just outworked him and he just looked hungrier in the occasions where it was 50-50s between them. Okay, dope. Anu, Babs, talk about Mount. Don't forget, you can talk about Ren, but you can bring in Newcastle and you can look forward to Spurs. Yeah, no, just quick just quick on that. I think everyone's really seen how, how well he's excelled in this, um, in his number eight position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I honestly, like, you know what I love? I, I, I feel like he has that, like, can, I feel honestly, it's gonna be weird. To say, I feel like he has that Kante, Kante heart to him. It's like true. he, he and, and I don't think he gets recognised. Uh, I think we obviously recognise obviously how hard Kante works all the time and how defensively inept he is and how good he is at intercepting the ball. But Mount yeah. is not far off from that, bro. He, he works so hard off the ball. And teams, teams, and even how small he is, he's got a small frame. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. he takes on the biggest players. Yeah, like, I see him so many times squaring out. I love that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I love that. Like you got, like, listen, as Mourinho say, you got you gotta be a you gotta be a C word. You listen, you gotta, yeah, you gotta be a C word. You gotta be you gotta be it, man. You gotta be that if you're to win it. So yeah. and that's what and he has that in him. He has that kind of dog mentality, and that's it. Like we we've all seen the balls he can do and how technically inept and how technically sorry class he is. But yeah. I think the bit that doesn't get recognized is his just doggy attitude. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like I said that earlier, um, when he, when he first came in, he's like he's his lungs can match Kante. Like and to have both of them in midfield, incredible. Yes, it's, it's mad. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Babs, did you want to come in before we go on to the next person? I was gonna say yeah, Ali's just like smashing the part out of the part there. He, he okay. put it into the perfect words there. Yeah. Okay, cool. So this person didn't play against Ren. He won't play against Spurs. He didn't play against Newcastle. But quickly. Just to wrap up the midfield bit, I want to talk a little bit about RLC. Just because he came on on the weekend. And I think that at this point, it's almost like this was like, like Lampard usually says for Hudson, you have to take your chance. I just feel like for this, because he hasn't started uh, in the last like three games or whatever. And he came on from the bench. They needed something. And he won a penalty, then scored the goal. Um, Who watched the Fulham game? Who watched RLC? Yep, I did. Clemson, talk to me a little bit about um, what you saw and kind of what hope you're kind of taking from that. All right, so um, Fulham looked uh, disjointed. They didn't really look like they had uh, predetermined attacking patterns of play. Um, They just looked like they didn't have um, any creative go, and that's with their main man, Tom Kearney, um, playing in the 10. Mm. Um, So when... 
Ruben comes on, he Ruben has a tendency to kind of cruise through games mm-hmm. um, to his detriment at times. But uh, the fact that he, he came on and he clearly had a point to prove, mm-hmm. he was progressive with his runs, he was progressive with his passing, mm-hmm. and he just looked like he was, he just looked to try and make things happen. Um, one, obs- one sad thing was, um, I think he's better coming in on the left-hand side of a midfield three, mm-hmm. but um, and that's where he won his, pe- and that's where he kind of set together the move that won the penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, although he did score straight after from the right hand side, yeah. um, he, yeah. I think he he added a lot. He added a lot um, to the to the Fulham attack, and going forward, I think it's now his spot to lose. Yeah. But he needs to have that progressive mentality whenever he steps on the field. Cool. I know. Babs, do you want to chime in? ROC? Yeah, sack Scott Parker. What's he doing? <laughs> I don't know. If not, bring our boy back home. What's this bubble? Do you want me to tell you what Parker, what Parker said? Parker said that he knows that ROC has quality. He said he's got the tendency to go missing in games. And I think, just kind of like we said with Lampard and maybe playing Mount regardless of form, Parker said, no. Do you know, even if I believe in you, you're not really doing it. And he said that he needed to take him out. And he said that he didn't just take him out and put him in the freezer. He said he was been working on him and, and working on how to get him to stay involved in games. And he came on and he changed the game. So one thing that did happen is just to kind of flesh out the content, he's been playing in number 10, but, and I think they started in that game 4-2-3-1, but when he came on, I think they switched to 4-3-3 now. Quickly going back to Timpson, I know that a lot of people like ROC on the left, but We've seen in games under Sari as well, like right central midfield, he does bits anyway. I remember the hat-trick he got um, last season was from right central midfield. So like, it doesn't surprise me he can be affected from that as well. I just feel like as long as he's in a box-to-box position, he's better. Babs, um, anything on ROC before we move on? Oh, are you sure you want to come to me about ROC? Let me. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Okay, cool. Because you've been. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see him. You know. Do you believe? Do you believe that ROC has a future at Chelsea as a starter? No. Uh, Why not? Because there's just at the moment there's just way too much competition, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I feel like. Okay, cool. To start from the beginning, if he stays fit, Mm -hmm. and we see the quality we should we see another Sari. He's good enough, but the problem is he's too good to be a bench option if he is at that level of fitness. Yeah, that's why I said starter. That's why I said starter. And we just talked about... Yeah, and and that's exactly why I don't feel like... I don't see him becoming the starter here anymore. We just just talked about how Kante and Mount have incredible lungs. And Mm. I think that's the difficulty, especially under Lampard management. You've seen who he's bought. You've seen he's bought Ziyech. He's not a luxury player. He chases shit down. You've seen yeah. he's bought Havertz. A lot of people thought luxury player. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's chases shit down Werner. Like, he likes people that are working. And so the mm. reason why Hudson-Odoi probably doesn't get as many starts because when Hudson first came back from injury, he did start like five games in a row. But I feel like when Lampard got noticed, Lampard, you can't just be a hard worker. So like the last game, Lamp- um, Hudson-Odoi tracked back. Lost his cheek, I'm sure he will track back. But he lacks people that are constantly pressing. It's kind of like with Mourinho when he had Oscar and he preferred him to KDB. KDB, if you checked his stats in Germany, he 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 ran a lot. He ran a lot. But the only thing is, he's not someone that constantly runs, that constantly pressures. And I think that's the re- that's the, for me that's the difficulty 
but to, to imagine ROC starting regularly under Lampard, I just feel like as much as he likes him, what Lampard clearly likes is those players that are going to pre- like press 100%. And it's, yeah. yeah, and I think it's difficult because like, I know a lot of people get onto Barkley and, and they say, oh yeah, Barkley's 26 and what has he done in the game? But look, Loftus-Cheek isn't that far behind him in terms of age and Barkley's done, a, he's played a lot more games. So I, I just hope that this, that last game is um, something that can push him forward and he can start getting games because more than anything, whether it's at Chelsea or not, I think he's a massive talent. I just want to see him play regularly. Um, so if anyone doesn't have anything else to add, we can move into the next player. Yeah? Let's keep going. Cool. Jorginho, Babs, take it away. What do you think? We'll get... Of his performance against Rennes. Yeah. Um, I mean this divided person, the fan base, by the way. This divided personally, I've, I was gonna I was gonna say that I've, I recognize that that performance did divide the fan base and some were disappointed, some were happy, and I feel like neither side were wrong. Okay. Because it was one of those performances where he he obviously he did do good things in terms of like he like he made a really, really key interception up any area. Mm-hmm. If you remember where they had like a little like half chance and like he came and like he sniffed the chance out and he and he pulled it away. Yeah. But then again he had moments like where um that was it like it was like some 32-year-old centre back, probably as slow as him, was running through and he, he was literally just like running away as his boy Kovacic was like looking on and yeah. If he if we had a cante there, you knew that you knew that's not gonna happen. But yeah, I mean it's not his fault because you know you, you know physically he can't do it. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna hold it against him. But personally I wasn't I wasn't happy with the performance because I I would prefer to have someone like Kante there, but it was one of the one, it was one of the ones where it's like at the end of the day that yeah you got to do what you have. If you, if yeah. you know what I mean. Kante needs rest too, so like forget yeah about, yeah yeah. Kante needs rest. Forget and he's about the to Kante. What like Kante can't necessarily do all the things that Jorginho does. So like mm-hmm. just yeah. in an objective fashion, um, you've kind of given your opinion. Anu, what did you think about Jorginho? Because I think I was on the Discord live with you. I don't know. If Anu Discord is different from podcast Discord, because you didn't like Werner on the Discord live, but now you're back in. So what's what are we we saying, Dan? Is is it is it it two sides of the coin here? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. It's a Gemini. Are you a Gemini? Are you a Gemini? So it's the heat of the moment, isn't it? You know what I mean? Say something. So so now you've had time to reflect. What would you say about Jorginho's performance? Honestly, Jorginho, I don't even really remember what he did in that friends game. Like I just don't even. Like he was just there, innit? It was just another man. The problem is, I think when he's coming in, Kante's playing, you see what he does the mm-hmm. game before, for example. And then obviously I get it, you rest Kante to then put Jorginho in. Mm-hmm. But then you just see flat. Like I would reckon that like when Kante's playing, you recognize what you're doing, you see it, you mm-hmm. you see the you see the tackles, you see the interceptions, and you see the short passes, mm-hmm. and he's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. just like I'm just like wait what has Georgina done this game that's the problem and I think that the, the one point I want to make it's, it's just no fault of his own like I mm-hmm. still think he's a technically good player but I just think the squad is running away from him the squad's moving from him the squad's um, the squad's just and even even, even on that going on to even going on to what Andrew's saying I don't as he said running onto him I feel like with the kind of loans we've sent out in terms of our players, I feel like it's going to be some cuts in the midfield. And I feel like he's yeah. definitely going to be one of them. Okay. Yeah, it's sad, yeah. Okay, but. so so what I'll say is, like you're saying, in terms of the drop-off from Kante, listen, Ka- there's not Kantes everywhere. We've seen, we've seen like, United... We're sporting like, sport in that sense. This right? is what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah, yeah. United try to find a Kante for Pogba because he seems to be the only player to make Pogba look good. So it's not like... 
if if we uh, if we sell Jorginho, we can find a Kante replacement that is going to look like Kante when Kante needs a rest. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's that to take into, into note. But also, Jorginho regained possession 11 times for Chelsea um, through his pressing actions. Um, and that's more than any other player on the pitch. Now, I know that people hate stats when it comes to Jorginho, but when it comes to Kante, they love stats. I know like there's that duopoly, like, oh, tackles and interceptions only matter when it comes to Kante. It doesn't matter when it comes Would to... Would you like another, another interesting stat? What but the dribbles past that, right? No, 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 no. It's, it's not. It's not about Jorginho. It's actually about another player. Okay, but because we're on Jorginho okay, now. Karen, yeah, Karen, yeah. Bakayoko, you could say. No, no, I was going to say Bakayoko. Okay, but okay, is this stat gonna, is this stat going to be relevant later on, or do we need to bring it up now? It may be relevant later on. Yeah, it's, it's a tackle stat. Okay, cool. All right, so all right, everybody, audience, tips and Anu, let's look out for this stat. This better be good, Babs. Um, no worries. Cool. Does anybody else have anything? Because we don't really have much to say on Jorginho. Um, I guess you guys don't want to start him against Spurs. You want Kante to come back in. That's unanimous, right? Great swap. When I spit bars in a ring, when I go hard, that's Santan. Hello, Mita from Touchline Frackers. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. So businesses all over the globe have been challenged to be their most efficient, and that means that every single hire that they have is critical. Indeed are the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the right person for your business. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring, so you only pay for what you need. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out for a free $75 credit at Indeed.com forward slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com forward slash blue wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. When I spit bars in a ring, when I go hard, that's Santan. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so if no one has anything else to say about Jorginho, let's quickly touch on Kovacic because um, Kovacic played the match too. Um, Timpson, um, anything significant about Kovacic? No, just a well-rounded performance. Um, doesn't have any like standout strengths apart from his ball retention whilst dribbling. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't have any um, underlying flaws in his game. He's just very smooth. But to be where we want to be, we need um, a box, a number eight who can bring more um, in in the offensive end. I think good, good squad player though. Yeah, he's handy, but um, honestly, I would rather that spot in that spot he's occupying be given to an academy prospect. Fair enough. Um, Anu, I'll, I'll leave Babs to last because I know you've been on him for ages. Anu, <laughs> yeah, uh, um, this is this will be quick. Um, no, I thought he's. I think he's a good squad player. Mm-hmm. I think he's 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 all right. He's he's doing fine. I, I respect him as a player, but I, I want to say this. I want to tell you a note about cover. 
it was like it was in the Newcastle game. I feel like because he's playing higher up now. You know, before he used to be in the double pivot. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I this on Discord as well. Because he's playing higher up now. Even that, I feel like he's now trying to do these. Yes. Bit of these loopy through balls, and I'm just like, guy, that's not you. And they, they none of them worked, and I felt for him because I feel like he feels like he now has to be more of the creative side because yeah. now kind of they just control at the back, and he's got about next to him, mm-hmm. and it, they weren't they weren't working. But he, I applaud him. Listen, the effort, but he needs to stick to his five yard passes. That's does what he's he good at. Does, does he? Does he? He scored two goals on in a, in one game in international break. A lot of people say stick to not shooting. Do you know what I mean? Let, mm. Please, please, please let, 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 let him just stick to what he's going <laughs> to add. Okay, so this hasn't gone well and we haven't even come to his biggest hater. This person, good squad player, though. Good squad player. Good, good squad player. Good squad player. Yeah. Good squad player. But is he a good squad player? Can I, can, I, can I start from the beginning before I answer that question? Start from the beginning, bro. Right, so I heard Anu mention a very, very good point in terms of him attempting new things. Uh-oh. And... It's gonna sound like you're gonna, you're gonna probably think I'm gonna criticize it, but no, I'm actually I'm actually gonna give him praise for Uh-oh. once, you know. Okay. Because as Anu said, he's been trying a, a, a lot to add a bit more to his creative bag, and I feel like with the current competition we have in the squad, I know I know we all know this thing: competition breeds success, you know. Mm-hmm. And if the competition breeds it, brings it out of him, mm-hmm. I feel like he could be a very very wonderful player. And like going into next season, he could be a player that could be straight at the chopping board and straight out of the club. <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking I'm joking but yeah I mean he can be a good he can be a good squad, squad option but um, yeah. I feel like as as Timson has said also I'd rather give it to a youth player and it's not that he's a bad player I just feel like yeah. we can probably get a lot more of another player than him fair enough fair enough I don't even my notes I don't really have much on Kovacic I'm not like a Kovacic hater by any you're more of a fan yeah yeah it's not like I'm not like a diehard stan either I just feel like where a lot of people kind of want to start agendas against players and stuff like that. I don't really have that. I, if I start agendas, it's like more against fan base. Do you know what I'm saying? So if like the fan base have something, if, if I feel like they're treating a the player unfair, then I will ride for that player. Or if they're really overrating a player, then I'll kind of, you know, get onto the fan base. But yeah, so we can move, we can move on for I have a question. I have a question about one another player though. If, okay. if you, I don't know if you've got it. Um, Aspie? Ask Maybe? SP, we'll come on because we've just finished the midfield and yeah. we're coming on to the defence. So, yeah, let's start okay. with Aspie then. Let's start with Aspie since you want to you want to host. Take it away. I feel Aspie, he, sl- he slotted in perfectly mm-hmm. his runs. He did. You know, I don't feel like, I don't think anything that really came by his side, you know, he made sure he was in, in a good position to like win the ball, like through interceptions. He was making recoveries. Mm-hmm. He was making good tackles. And I feel like him and Cho, like surprisingly, like... Yeah, like literally, remember ahead of the match, I w- I said that I don't think they're going to link up, but he yeah. proved me wrong and he linked up, and I feel like that may be as a result of seeing um the young boy Reese, you know, mm. taking his position, and I feel like as as we've said, competition breeds success, and yeah. in this season, and it's going to be a long season, and we're going to want to win something, like having that competition there to breed that, yeah, it's going to go a very very long way. The thing, is, that, the thing is, that's not I, I don't think that's Aspie's problem when a game that it's not that pressing on him. He's mm. so intelligent. He's an intelligent player. So he's always going to be, I'm, I was never worried about him when it comes to that. But if you're going to play with a strong left winger now, mm-hmm. that's where his body just fails him. So that's the problem. Yeah. So I don't think it's a case of he doesn't know what to do. He wouldn't slot in. He's always going to be able to slot in at right back. 
easily because he's intelligently there. He's so well-rounded. It's just that his body can't do what his brain's telling. The pace of the game, he's, he's not at it right now. So against Rennes, I think it's easy to, to be like, okay, you were fine there. Let's put him against a city or a live. Oh no, 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 I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. No, no, but, but that, but that's what you've got to kind of. You know what I mean? You've got to think about that yeah. as well with it. But I'm happy for him. But it's just, it's. Just, oh, I think. So we're happy for him, but we're not saying you, we want him to start against Spurs. No, I, for me personally, it's just more. It's just reassuring knowing yeah. that we have a yeah, a backup yeah. at left back and right back. If yeah, I hear that. To rest um, RJ and Chile. Cool. Any more on Aspi before we move on? Because we're gonna rattle through the next bit. No, keep going. Okay, cool. So let's go full back to full back then. Chilwell hasn't put, he, he's hardly put a foot wrong since it's come. However, Jeremy Doku, the young boy, the young ball um, from Belgium, just signed for Ren. He came on in the last game just for a cameo, started this game. He terrorized Cahill. I mean, sorry, that's okay. I'm even calling him Cahill. Wow. I'm even calling, he, wow. this is what I'm saying. He terrorized Chilwell. He terrorised him. Chilwell was making blind passes. It, like I don't know if... Because I know, like, the in this 4-3-3, Mount is supposed to kind of drop in to help him, but Chilwell just looked stranded out there. Um, they were, a lot of their chances was coming down that whole left side. Vernal couldn't trap mm. the ball. Chilwell was looking terrible. Um, mm. Thoughts I, on Chilwell? Yeah, I feel like Chilwell got, um, got isolated really, really badly. And I feel like that's a... That's also like a reflection of the, of the midfield as well, mm-hmm. in terms of not supporting him. And that's not just Kovacic, that's Mount as well, you know, and, and Bernard up top. These wow. guys need to come back and provide him support like when he's playing against like a, a, full, a winger like that. Not to say that he shouldn't have done better, because he definitely should have, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of like being sloppy with the passes. But yeah, I feel like we need to see the the left side as well, track back. Because that was, that was right-hand side. Oh, that's not Kovacic. You can't put out Kovacic. Kovacic is playing that, that was Kovacic. No, that, no, that was no. I'm pretty sure it was a four-two-three-one, wasn't it? No, it was four. I think it was four-three-three, right? Four-three-three. Timson, what what are you said? Yeah, pretty sure it was a four-three-three. Um, Mount, Mount left centre midfield. Yeah. Um, normally, potential. Normally, um, maybe if he was was rotated more, he's probably got more energy. But I feel like he was due yeah. a rest, Chilwell, and to come up against a runner, a pure runner like Doku, uh, yeah. was very unlucky and doubly unlucky when he doesn't have a Kante to kind of um, help usher him down the line. Mm. So two, the two variables worked against him there. So... Um, yeah, it was just it was just a bit unlucky, and um, I'm gonna put it down to um, a, a slight bit of burnout. Yeah, because it wasn't just Doku or Doku, uh, however you pronounce it, but it was blind passes as well. <laughs> you know, unforced mm. errors. That's the type of shit we thought was gone with Emerson. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit scary, and there was like a lot of chat from Leicester, Leicester fans that um, he did have like a shaky form, and I remember. I didn't watch the game, but everyone said that Mares gave him a bad day. So it's something to watch anyway. Um, anyway, I don't know if you have any more or if you want to move on to the next. No, we can move on. We can move on. Okay, cool. So let's go into the subs quickly. We're not going to touch on every single player. Thiago Zuma, I think they've done well. We Actually, sorry, quickly. I think Chilwa was tired. I think Chilwa was tired. Yeah, so that's what Tipson said as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so let's talk about... Let's talk about Kante first. Because Kante came off the bench... And I think he looked amazing. Again, a lot of people saying 
sell can like just a, it felt like just a month ago people were telling me to sell Kante and that he's done. And now everyone's saying world class. You can't say you can't say Kante's name without hearing world class followed two seconds later. So um we don't really have to dwell on Kante, but I just thought again when he came on, all I saw was world class. I don't know if anyone has anything else to add. You can see what he brings to the team when he's not there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. all like world class. Cool. Never um, doubt. Never ever doubt him again. Never, that's what I'm saying. Let's leave it at that. Never doubt him again. Put some respect on his name. All right, cool. Giroud, another substitute. Now, Giroud has every right to be upset. I saw after the match, so obviously, when Werner didn't finish his dinner, that header, it was far out. And I don't know how he did it. And I don't think anyone kind of... I, I think at that point, I had accepted that we was going to draw that game. And mm. Giroud to come on and show his class once again. Um, yeah, talk to me about Giroud. Like, it's difficult now because his agent has kind of recently said, hinted that, yeah, in January, he needs to look to leave. Um, so how do you think Lampard has managed this Giroud situation? And talk to me about Giroud in general. Start with Timpson. I think Frank's always been complimentary about his professionalism and how he's handled the lack of game time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reports saying that we're willing to let him go as a thank you are really good. And I think Chelsea fans that are saying um, we should try and persuade him to stay is um, a little bit self-serving and it's a little bit selfish because um, people are saying that. Um, I heard someone say that, oh, he's definitely secured that France spot. France with the depth they have, have, um, in Marcus Turam or Odson Edward could have very good seasons and him not playing would jeopardise his chance to overtake Thierry because after this I see him retiring after this tournament so I think to safeguard his legacy and to secure his space in the French squad he needs to be playing and that's just not going to be at Chelsea Yeah, I mean he's old now it's not like he's got another couple of you know, international tournaments in him this is important. And like, as much as you're a Chelsea fan, or you're almost best for Chelsea, I just feel like he's already given us a second chance to show that we needed him. And for me, again, Lampard showed that he doesn't really need him. Um, Babs, do you have anything on Giroud? Yeah, I mean, he's been, as we said before, he's been a good servant. I mean, I don't think Lampard's been bad in terms of like, managing it. Um, I feel like, obviously, there could have been better minutes for him, but at the end of the day, you know, is is a thing of like we have to, you know, invest in Tammy because he's the young striker now. And Drew definitely knows that, you know, and he knows that he's rolling the squad is obviously gonna be the first striker. And yeah, I mean, going into the Euros, you know, in terms of like being Henri's record, you know, that's gonna be a big thing to do. That's what mm-hmm. he's um, I think he's seven goals behind, and I don't think he's gonna do that anyway. So mm-hmm. he may it may it may sound harsh, but yeah, he may do it, but you know, I don't think that's gonna that's gonna have anything to do with Chelsea, personally. Yeah, I mean, like, like even without the record, just playing another tournament, that's important. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it's important. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, it's very, yeah, very but, important. But, but then also, like, uh, like as a if you're going to commit to having three strikers, no one's saying start him every game. Don't you think he could have, uh, Annual, I'll ask you this one, don't you think that Lampard could have done more to kind of envelop Giroud into some games, even if it's through cameos? Mm, I guess, but oh, that was I don't really before. think, I think, oh, sorry, apologies. Yeah. No, no, go, go. Go on. Go I, on. Say, I yeah. guess, but I mean, thinking back to like, the matches we played, I, I can't really think of any match where I felt like this is a match where we need Giroud. Yeah, but it's not even like, do we need him at this point, but just to keep him happy, just to like get on a pitch yeah. so we can say to Ben, mm. okay, let's go and Anu. 
the quick one. The thing about Lampard, though, you know that when he does, he does his subs. He loves doing his late subs. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's the problem. He's always been like that. There's nothing changed. Yeah. But I think what's what's great now. Now we've qualified for uh, the Champions League early, right? Am I? Am I? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. We're yeah, qualified. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the first. I think it was the first. I'm not sure if we're still the only, but it was definitely the first qualifier. So I think it would be mad for him not to start those next two those next two games for them. Just let him, let him play. Um, but I do think he has to stay, and I think Lampard's in a really sticky situation. That's the issue. Um, because at the end of the day, Tammy gets one big injury, Werner gets one big injury, it's completely game changer. And if we let him go, then right, which is which is why when I asked Babs, don't you feel like he should have done more? It's because I think we need him um, just in case because he's done so. He dragged us to the Champions League. This so... Christmas period as well is so mad. That... Yeah. Okay. So Timpson, Timpson, finish it up on Giroud. Yeah. I'm just going to add that caveat that um, for playing time, what's really, what's helped him more recently is the fact that Tammy is starting. So everyone's complaining about, well, they're not happy with the minutes that he's getting at the moment. Could you imagine if Tammy and Giroud were still sitting on the bench um, with Werner playing through the middle? Mm. Now he's the first striker off the, off the bench. That would, be the case if Tammy was strike is, is scoring. So right now he's getting a lot more minutes than we expected him to um with both with both strikers with he's both still, strikers. He's still barely getting any minutes but right now yeah, we'll have to say yeah, that. I agree with that. Yeah, the, the, the minutes haven't been enough but yeah, yeah. I, I get what Timpson's saying. Yeah I get what no I that's a great point and I'm already gonna declare Timpson man of the match because that's like the fifth time that's I said that's a great point. Okay right. cool Lampard I'm sorry I know I know you're disappointed but man like I need a break anyway. Cool. Let's finish. We we're finishing up. We're coming to ZH. Um, ZH came on and um, he created that chance. First and foremost, he created a chance for Chilwell um, and Chilwell got in the header of one of these kind of like set pieces, crosses like, um, and then he created that chance for Werner. ZH, um, yeah, Newcastle, if you've got anything to say on ZH and looking forward to Spurs or Wren. Yeah, anything on ZH apart from obviously his 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 just managing to create chances for fun. I have a question, but it relates to Ziyech and uh, the other guy who's come back from his coronavirus thing. Am I right to ask that question now? Roberts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ask it. Yeah. All right. The other guy, you know. <laughs> yeah. So basically. Um, from my estimation, we saw 4-3-3 with Mason on the left, mm-hmm. Kovacic on the right as 2-8. Yeah. But um, so basically Kai came on for Kovacic, which would mean that he would play on the right side of the midfield three. And obviously Ziyech came on like a minute before. Mm-hmm. But strangely enough, Kante um, played on the right-hand side of the three and um, Kai Havertz Kai left, yeah. Yeah, to the opposite side. So there's already been concerns of when Ziyech drifts into the midfield he might step on Kai's toes in that because he'd be in that midfield area Mm -hmm. I know Kai likes to drift out wide but um, the fact that there was a conscientious uh, decision for Kai to go to the opposite side of the pitch to hack him so there's um, I wonder will this be something to be concerned about potentially them kind of getting in each other's areas but I swear I needed paper and pen there to start drawing out these lines yeah no, yeah, no. It's difficult to visualize, but I, I guess we get. I, I see it. I see it. Mm. it. Shouldn't it be the responsibility um, of then whoever's in the eight on the right side to go where where um, ZX is left? Mm. I mean, yeah. what I, what I would right. say is, go on. 
what I would say is because we have to remember Jorginho is still on the pitch and the best position we've seen Kante be in when he's in the three-man midfield that's not in the hole that's been the right side of the midfield. So I feel like that was more of a thing of just like playing Kante in a position where he's more comfortable on his own right on his right foot yeah. rather than it being like him trying to like avoid stepping on toes. Yeah, right. yeah. Your your junior was still on the pitch, so it made sense for Kante yeah. to go to go right but, center of the world. But go on, Anu. As the question stands, sorry. Um if Havertz starting starts as the right sided eight, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. there is potential for him. Ziek to kind of step on his toes or vice versa mm-hmm. um, or even potentially inhibit Kai's game not, 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 like... really. not really the reason why I say not really is because I think it'll be fine so like, I think we've seen it already a couple of times and I think potentially for me all it will do is strengthen that side just because I think good players like them they're both good at one touch football I like it when they're on the same side because they can do that one-touch football. I, I, so, there's sometimes when has, we've seen Hazard go from the left to the right to link up with the other winger because they're kind of on the same page. I feel like it's cool that we've got Havertz and Ziyech on that side of the pitch. I think that a lot of the times people do this where they say, oh, these two players are similar. You've got to separate them. You can't play them in the same midfield. I think generally for me, when I see that, that happen, because people think on the same wavelength because they are similar, it's nothing but good things. And I think so far from what I've seen, it, it's fine. And I, I look, this is not the first time ZH has played in the 4-3-3 and has played with a right central midfielder. So again, I don't I don't think it's an issue. Um, but I don't know if there's anyone on the floor that does think it's an issue. No? Okay. We'll move on. We'll, we'll finish up. Um, we'll finish up on Lampard. Um, unless you want to talk about Havertz, because there, there is a little bit of... Um, is that No, let's just move on. Let's just finish on Lampard. Um, so, yeah, we, we actually topped the table for a little bit on the weekend. Um, and, like, look, I know that this is analysis and everybody wants to pick holes, but I thought some, some praise for Lampard is due because we do almost, we kind of look like the strongest team in the league, um, along with Spurs. So, yeah, coming into um, the Spurs game, I guess... Um, What's your thoughts? Because I don't know if you, I don't even want to mention it, but this is going to be the thousandth game for Roman Abramovich. It's going to be the thousandth game for Roman Abramovich. The reason why I don't want to mention it is because the thousandth game for Wenger, Jose Mourinho, is the opposite manager, and he's yeah, and he was right. So Lampard is facing Jose Mourinho, who is obviously his mentor, um, or was his mentor at a point. But yeah, like so far, I think Lampard has won or at least not lost every single game against Jose Mourinho. So how do you feel like Lampard's going to fare um, this weekend? And how do you think Chelsea are going to fare? And that's the final question. We'll start off with the man of the match. I'm sorry, Anu. We'll start with Tim. I think it comes down to covering Harry Kane when he drops into those deeper areas and just keeping an eye on uh, the runners in behind, most notably Sun. I feel like we've got the firepower and we're always going to score. Uh, their defence isn't the tightest and we've got too many um, game-changing players to worry about the attacking phase. It's just containing the threat that Spurs will bring going forward. I think um, Zuma's recovery pace will come in handy tracking the runners, but the coordination between Thiago Silva and Kante will be very important as well when Ka- when Kane drops into those deeper positions. Okay. Um, Babs? We've seen a lot of the big games. I know we've played Spurs already and we've played with Offie 3 But we've seen mm. in a lot of the big games, Lampard, be cautious. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Go to either go to like a five at the back or mm-hmm. have the wingers tracking, yeah. have the, the fullbacks or whatever. Um, Babs, what, what's your thoughts? Do you feel like Lampard should play the similar way that we've been playing or make defensive adjustments? You must re- you must run my mind there, Dan. I mean, and I feel like this this is going to be a game where it comes all down to Lampard and if he wants to let Mourinho get in his head or if he wants to stick to his game plan. And mm-hmm. I feel like as long as we don't go in the game too apprehensive and too defensive and just stay on the front foot, mm-hmm. it's like the game is there for the taking. And my only worries would be as um I knew in terms of the said as um Kane dropping in, but mm-hmm. I feel like with a player like Kane dropping in, we have Kante there, and I feel mm-hmm. like Kante is going to be able to do a good job on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Mount's also there to op- also offer energy, and mm-hmm. but the only problem I would say is um the um, test of Hong Min Son, who has been mm-hmm. in good form, and with him dripping dropping on our, our right hand side. There's going to be a lot of focus on like what happens like in terms of who drops back because it's going to be a thing of is Kai going to drop back and is it going to be a thing of what what we saw against Brighton where Kai was basically a right wing back or is it going to be a thing of we're trying to limit it by uh, by squashing Spurs in uh, squashing them up into their own pitch and I feel like that's going to be it's going to be a lot of things for Lampard to think about because if we play that three four three we will be seeing Kai dropping back but if we play the four three three. Not that he won't drop back, but I feel like it will be a lot more on the front foot in terms of playing the game. And you and you would play if he was Lampard? 4 3 3. Has to be. And Havertz. Just, just stick to your guns. And Havertz would come back in for you. Um, as controversial as it sounds, maybe not. Okay. Maybe not. And so who would play? Because obviously. And that's the problem. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm just not sure. Okay. I'm okay. not sure. Okay. Well, think on it and we'll come back to you. And have you said your point? This, I teased this point earlier and, I, and the listeners have been thinking, when's it going to come up? Is, have you said it already? Is it about Lampard going back to the five of the back? Oh, no, your point, your stat. You had a point earlier in the podcast. That I was like, back here. Oh, the tackling stat. The tackling yeah. stat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, you know, people get onto Jorginho, like he doesn't win enough tackles. Mm-hmm. But in actual fact... He's won eleven. He's won eleven tackles, which is less, which is only two less than Chilwell, mm-hmm. and actually four and five, five more than Thiago Silva. So I, mean, I feel like people are, are very, are quite a bit harsh on him defensively, and I feel like no way, not from yeah. that. That's unexpected. Yeah, I mean, and, and the things you know me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, he's, I'm not his biggest fan, but I can, I'd have, I'd have to admit that. One well, victory have more tackling opportunities than defenders, isn't it? Yeah, of course, but it's also good to see that he's not shirking his responsibility. Yeah, hundred percent. And and to be fair, one one thing I've realised from you is that I'm going to crown you Bab's second man of the match after Tipsy, because <laughs> <laughs> you've been mad objective. I know we we haven't need you to do at all in this podcast. Oh, you shouldn't even yeah. come. No, I'm joking. That's um, Discord. Right. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Discord live catch anyone on Discord because Annie's been hyping up all week. Um, really Annie, it's always a pleasure to have you. Just as an ending note, I asked you about a couple of weeks ago about um, Spurs. Uh, are you worried about them? Are you worried about their attack? You said, no, you, you're not worried about them. You said that um, Kane is injury pro, Son is injury pro. We are playing them on a weekend. You're going to be on a Discord. Who said this? Go on. Who said this? You. I'll, oh, get, I'll, I'll get the footages. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get the footages. But listen, we're playing them. You're going to be on a Discord live. You're talking about a big game. What are your expectations for the game? Um, yeah, no, listen, I'm, I think he should keep the same team. I actually think he should keep it as he did for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly the same. 
And I think we could do it, man. I, I'm re- I'm really confident with Thiago Silva and Zuma at the back. I think they'll be able, I think they'll be able to deal with them. Um, we've got the pace for Chilwell and Reese James. Even if they get in behind, I really think they're going to cover. I'm 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 I'm, more, I'm confident, man. I'm confident. It's going to be a tough game, tough challenge, but we're going in the best form possible. Cool. I wouldn't be one to say I can't come on, give it a big one all week about Discord and say we ain't going to win, can I? Yeah. Does that make cool. sense? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so definitely, Annie will be on a Discord live. We hope to see you there too. Um, thanks for coming, Anu. Always a pleasure, bro. Thank you so much, man. Always so much fun. Babs, aka second man of the match. Thanks for coming. Been a pleasure. Thank you again, Babs. Finally, Dixon, um, class performance, the cante of the podcast right now. All right, cool. Before we finish up. Um, I've got to say apologies on my behalf because obviously you guys listen in and we're supposed to come with the insight. And when we signed um, a certain player, I told you that his name was pronounced Mandy, not Mendy. However, he's come out and said that's bullshit and that's actually Mendy. So yeah, apologize. I was led astray um, by the commentators or whatever. <laughs> but, but yeah, I was, I was led astray. Um, so yeah, we'll end it there. Um, Touchline Fracker Chessie Hour. Use the hashtag share with a friend. Thanks for coming. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Yeah. Alright, guys, that was sick, I think. Um, yeah, um, Any names for that? When I shot my shot, but I didn't have got so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it- Sports Social Podcast Network.